your municipal partners, your elected officials, your emergency responders, your public health department, your hospitals, your health care providers have your back. Meet Jason Andrews, Cedar Rapids Fire Department Training Chief and member of the State of Iowa Incident Management Team. We're doing everything we can to mitigate spread. We're doing everything we can to have the best response. This is Inside Cedar Rapids, a monthly podcast that introduces you to the people, projects, and programs of your local government. I'm Bill Klaproth, and on this episode, we talk about COVID-19 emergency response with Jason Andrews. Jason, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate it. So first off, can you explain what exactly is Unified Command? Unified Command is an incident command structure in which there are two or more members or agencies, uh, usually from different um, jurisdictions, that collaborate to provide goals, objectives, and oversight for a very complex uh, emergency. And then how does the Unified Command structure work specifically here in Cedar Rapids in coordinating the coronavirus response? Uh, Due to the scope of the coronavirus response and the fact that it's a very uh, public health-centric response, something that we are not used to dealing with, we have in Lynn County created the Unified Command structure, which consists of Lynn County Public Health being the lead agency, Uh, The hospitals, both Unity Point, St. Luke's, and Mercy Medical Center, and as well as uh, an emergency response uh, area over that, which is represented by the fire chief in Cedar Rapids, uh, Greg Smith, and the fire chief in Marion, uh, Deb Crable. All the expectations for this combined team come from our agency administrators, such as our elected officials in Cedar Rapids, the elected officials in Marion, Uh, county elected officials, and all of our smaller municipalities. They basically lay out their expectations to this team, and then we uh, determine appropriate objectives and management practices uh, by putting all of our heads together, coming up with the best solution. So then what are some of the different sectors involved in Unified Command, and what is your role in the group? The oversight, like I said, is provided by uh, the agency administrators and then the Unified Commanders, which I listed out. And then as far as the sectors are concerned, there's an operations section, uh, there's a planning section, a logistics section, and then a finance section. My area specifically is as the planning section chief, and what uh, my job is is to basically um, put the playbook together, Um, and that is... Uh, a very long and arduous job that takes a lot of organization, but uh, it's very important because we gather information from our incident commanders in our operations uh, section and put that into a, a playbook, if you will. So then from your perspective, what are the benefits of using the unified command structure? Uh, I, can, I can boil that down to one word, and that's collaboration. Collaboration between governmental entities, private entities, hospitals, clinics, subject matter experts, public health, um, our logistics group pools their resources. Uh, So there is one uh, repository for uh, requesting of resources resources such as personal protective equipment, Um, and then a distribution system that uh, that vets the uh, amount of use uh, a specific entity has uh, versus uh, available equipment, and the goal is is to have um, the best distribution of information as well as those supplies uh, like I was talking about. 
So in your role as training chief for the Cedar Rapids Fire Department, you spend a lot of time planning and preparing. In fact, you said you're coming up with a playbook for this. What makes this situation unique from other incidents you have dealt with or planned for in the past? Well, I think uh, one of the biggest things is the scope of this incident. I was uh, involved in the flood of 2008. I was involved in the uh, Sinclair or Wilson's meatpacking plant fire that lasted several days. I responded to uh, southwest Iowa for the floods down there. And um, just the scope and the time frame, uh, even the flood of 2008, the water came up, the water went back down, and there was a lot of recovery involved, don't get me wrong. But the actual um, response phase was not, you know, weeks and weeks or months long like it is with this public health emergency with COVID-19. And additionally, um, in the emergency response uh, realm, we're used to responding to things that we can see, things that we can touch, things that, things that we can make an immediate impact on. This public health emergency with COVID-19, with this virus, we can't see it. We can't touch it. I can't go up and, and immediately fix somebody or fix something to make this better overnight or in a week or even in a month's time. Just the sheer scope and nature of this incident makes it extremely unique compared to past events that I've been involved in. So is a pandemic something your team prepares for? Uh, I wouldn't say that we specifically prepare for pandemics. Um, uh, fortunately, in my lifetime, I haven't had to deal with that. But we do deal with uh, or prepare for similar things, such as uh, chemical, biological, radiologic emergencies that are things you can't see. Um, but, but fortunately, we've never had to put that into practice until now. Um, so we do practice. We do work with our response partners. We do work with public health. But it's not, it's not near as realistic as, as a fire training incident or a, a tornado training incident, which is something we've seen and something we've dealt with. So this, is very, this has been very unique. So what has been most surprising to you during this situation or response so far? Just uh, the thing that surprised me the most is um, just the sheer scope of it, just how it has expanded with the the uh, initiation of the event in China and how it's spread across how it spread across to Asia and into the United States and Europe and and now essentially the entire world and 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 to think that it started with the to think that it started with one single case, one single case, one single person. Um, at the beginning, and now it's hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of people with thousands of deaths is just mind-blowing to me. Mind-blowing is a great way to describe this. This is something none of us have seen in our lifetime. So what is the most important thing that you want the people in Cedar Rapids to know about the response from the city? Uh, I want the, the citizens of Cedar Rapids and Lynn County and the whole state to know that that your municipal partners, your elected officials, your emergency responders, your public health department, your hospitals, your health care providers have your back. We're doing everything we can to mitigate spread. We're doing everything we can to have the best response. We're doing everything we can to provide the best and most appropriate personal protective equipment. Um, we're doing everything possible. And I just really want people to remember that they need to take part in this as well. It's extremely important that they stay home, that they practice social distancing, that they use good personal hygiene, such as washing their hands, cleaning their homes, being aware of where they are and who they're around, 
and really stay home and and don't spread this. Studies have shown that one infected person can contact another two to three and a half people. If you double that and redouble that and redouble that again, you're up to thousands, if not millions, in a really short period of time. And people need to need to heed that warning and really take responsibility for themselves and their families and help minimize this crisis. Well, we are all in this together, and we all have a part to play, as you were just mentioning. And we're all Iowans, which means we want to help. Is there anything else we can do to help in this situation? Iowans are great uh, in ingenuity. Iowans are great in coming together and helping each other. Um, the biggest thing I say is, is what I said before, is to help protect each other. And with that protection comes personal protective equipment. It's expensive. There's a short supply. So if you have personal uh, protective equipment in the Linn County area, contact Linn County Emergency Management Agency. Uh, any and all donations are, are greatly appreciated. They go to those that provide patient care first, um, the hospitals, the long-term care facilities, your emergency responder agencies. Um, just uh, do your best to stay home. Uh, keep your families safe. Uh, enjoy this time that you can spend with your families right now. I know myself personally, I, uh, I am coming to work every day uh, and practicing social distancing, but I have gotten to see my, my kids and my wife more in an in-home uh, family-type setting than I ever have uh, in my adult life, and, and I'm really cherishing that and, and at the same time hopefully keeping other people safe by uh, spending my time with my family. Yeah, it's good to try to find the good in all of this, and it sounds like that's what you're doing, Jason, and that's something we all need to do right now at this moment when we're in it, and eventually when we get through it, try to pick out the positives, and hopefully there will be some positives when we get through this. Jason, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it, and stay safe. Thank you very much, and uh, you as well. That's Jason Andrews, and for more information, please visit cedar-rapids.org. That's cedar-rapids.org for the most current information about the COVID-19 response from the city of Cedar Rapids, or please follow the city on Facebook and Twitter. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You can also check out the full library at cityofcr.com slash podcast. This is Inside Cedar Rapids. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.